one chance, one life, one take. Hello and welcome to Dead Funny, Dead Serious. This is the 30 End of Life Doulas and 30 Days series. My name is Mitzi and I'm the host of the series. Today, our End of Life Doula we're talking to is Angela Shook. Hello, Angela. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. You are welcome. We're so happy to have you. We are just going to dive right in. Why did you get into the end of life doula field? A couple of reasons. Um, a few years ago, I moved back to Michigan after quite a few years in Kentucky. And I was looking for a way to reconnect and, and kind of get back to my community here in Kalamazoo. Um, I became a volunteer and coincidentally, just a few months into volunteering, my um, grandfather was at the end of his life. And I spent his last few weeks um, with my mother and my aunt by his bedside and seeing the care he received and just the, the tremendous impact that the hospice team had on not only the quality of his last few weeks, but the, the support they shared with us too. Um, I just got inspired to do a little bit more. And honestly, it was the, it was the first time that I had experienced healing at the end of life. I had always assumed dying as, you know, just terribly frightening and horribly sad. And I found that at the end of his life, it was really easy for me to forgive and, and let go of some of these past resentments I'd been carrying. And, and the only thing then that was left was, was love. And I thought, I had no idea that everything could be so beautiful, so sacred, so wonderful, and that it's not just scary and sad. And kind of thought, maybe I'm late to this game. Does everybody else know this? And then I thought, how can I make sure everybody else knows this? Like, this is this is something beautiful. I was really thrilled when I learned about end-of-life doulas and felt that I had found my calling, as, as silly as that may sound. But I just devoured books and websites and volunteered as much as I could and just really threw myself into the learning process. I joined the, the NIDA board, the National End of Life Dual Alliance, pretty quickly into my journey. And it's just been such a valuable and cherished part of my life. So it's, it's been a, a fantastic journey in just short three years. That is a beautiful journey to get to where you are uh, here. And I want to give you space to say where exactly you are so and how you got here. I know you took the Anelda training. I did take training um, and completed training with Anelda, also the University of Vermont and Lifespan Doulas. And, you know, I was just so inspired by the books and websites that I was just, you know, diving into. And then, of course, those trainings and the amazing facilitators and instructors there, really inspired by my hospice clients and really inspired by the nurses and the social workers and the group support that was available that it just really inspired me to figure out where was my place in this. And in a weird sense, I was also really inspired by my dad. He's always been the, the go-to in our really large family for support at the end of life whether it was helping with arrangements or even, you know, providing care and companionship and even in a couple of cases, you know, helping to manage that estate. He was an end-of-life doula, but I before I'd ever even heard of one. And uh, so I got really inspired by him to, to offer that same presence and support, and not only just for our family and our circle of friends, but, but for the community as well. I hear how you 
had this journey and it took you all the way here and you had some great examples and some great role models, it sounds like. Absolutely. You took the trainings and what are you doing then? You take all these trainings, you read all these books, then what happens? Well, I did join Nita as a member and like I said, joined the board, um, which was just such a great learning experience in especially being really new into the end of life world, being able to meet uh, people who I looked at as role models and had been following online and had learned from, to learn from them personally was just awesome. And um, even though I really loved the job I was currently in, I really knew I wanted to be in the end of life field permanently. That's what I wanted to do with, with the rest of my career. And so I was just fortunate enough that after with my hospice agency, there was an opportunity to manage the whole volunteer program. So I jumped at that. And so now I I manage um, more than 200 volunteers um, in 11 counties in Southwest Michigan. And some of the doula training that I've had and then the skills I've had, um, you know, learned with the education opportunities through NIDA and University of Vermont and Nelda, my experiences as a, as a hospice volunteer, all of this just really combines for me to better support our volunteers and make sure that their education is even more enriched maybe than what it would be just with the typical hospice training. But for me, it's been so much fun to be an end-of-life doula advocate from within the actual hospice. Because so many, hospice is amazing, that the care they provide, like I mentioned, is just warm and compassionate and thorough. But the difference between hospice and sometimes an end-of-life doula is that hospice can't provide that 24-hour support and just can't put the same kind of time commitment into it. So by working with a hospice, I'm able to talk about all the time what it's like to be an end-of-life doula. And now nurses and aides and administrative team will come up to me and say, So maybe we could work together. Maybe we could start referring to hospice. You know, hospice could start referring to end-of-life doulas or tell me more about it. So it's kind of like being like a a secret agent, like within the organization, because I just drop all these great little stories about doulas and how they can help and, you know, advanced care planning and legacy projects and just making sure that that awareness, that that role even exists. Um, and being able to hear the excitement and the interest that the hospice staff has, I think it's really hopefully will continue to help lead that way to working to rather than maybe competitively or the fear of it being a competitive offering. I think you should have a badge that says secret agent. <laughs> I love it. ELD, you know, doula, secret agent. And I'd like a costume and a cape. Mm-hmm. I'm- <laughs> I'm thinking that's a great idea. And maybe one of those vests that they have, like the FBI has. Oh, in the back where it just says doula. Yes. So (laughs) we'll think of some word for it, but I like being on the inside and it's, it really has just brought, I think, an awareness of the role. And it's so great because so many people I've worked with at hospice will say, gosh, I wish we could do more than what we can, or I wish we had more volunteer time, or I wish the nurses could visit more often. And then it's so great for me to be able to say, you know what, there's a doula in that neighborhood or there's a doula in that county. Let's refer. And so we have building this relationship and working together. So it's this collaborative community model of care rather than, you know, just being limited in what we can actually offer. I've made the analogy that we're trying to just crack the ice so people know that end-of-life doulas exist. 
that we can work with the medical yeah. system, non-medical care next adjacent to the medical system and having mm-hmm. insiders and specialized advocates. So yes. professionals that are also signing up, we've kind of spoken of that. And if you watch the 30 episodes, there's definitely some wow. professionals out there that are also hand in hand working to just crack the ice. I don't think that mm-hmm. you have to be a licensed anything to right. be doing this work, but I think that there is this space where we're just trying to crack the ice to say, hey, this is a legitimate yes. field. It's a legitimate way to support people at end of life and reduce those traumas. And you need to listen, but we need people, <laughs> secret agents on the inside to <laughs> plant the seed, right? And exactly. Say exactly. that this is good and you should trust me. <laughs> right. Trust and you know, that's that's the goal, I think, whether, you know, in general, or even my own personal work and the work of all of this huge network in this community we have is to help normalize death and, you know, alleviate some of those fears. You know, like you mentioned, I love the cracking the ice analogy. That's great because, you know, I want to help educate others to take care of their dying in their own communities and to better understand and be aware that end of life doulas even exist and that we're available to help them. You know, they don't have to do this alone. And I mean, ideally, wouldn't it be amazing if doulas just naturally had a seat at the table when it's to that continuum of care at end of life? You know, dying isn't a medical emergency. It's going to happen to all of us. It's supernatural part of our human existence. And, you know, hopefully with cracking this ice and more secret agents and more outreach and awareness and education that more people will have access to whatever it is that they consider as a good death for themselves. To me, it reminds me that so many people, myself included, wish that they had had an end-of-life doula for some experiences prior. And some of the knowledge, even if you, I just had a consult with an end-of-life doula and had learned, there's about five to 10 things that I learned and I had to go to graduate school. Uh, and get a lot of training as a grief therapist that I didn't need. That wasn't necessary, but that's where I learned the information. It's just, it happens to be where I learned the information that I wish I had had with certain deaths in my life. And I look back and I'm like, oh, if we just had somebody to consult with. (laughs) Yeah. If you just had this tour guide, you know, it's like a tour guide through death because for some people, I mean, imagine if it's the first time you're experiencing an impactful death you might not know what to do, you know, and you're so overwhelmed with emotion. And if you had this guide in this, just this presence, you know, some compassion and support at your side that could walk you through it, just the difference it would make. That's the first time I've heard that analogy is tour guide. And I'm in love with it. (laughs) Well, gosh, I wish I would have had one, even, you know, by the time of my, my grandfather's death, I'd had several deaths in my life. Um, But that one, Looking back, if I knew just a little bit more than I knew now, like if I understood a little bit better about the natural signs of actively dying, that some of those signs and some of those things that just happen, body weakens and shuts down are so frightening to the family. You know, the, the changes of the breathing, the modeling of the skin, not eating, not drinking. And that was so frightening to us. I mean, I was so worried that he wasn't comfortable and my family is Italian and they're big eaters. And my mom just couldn't stand that he wasn't eating or drinking and she couldn't give him that comfort of 
food and nourishment. And now understanding that that's your body doesn't need it. It doesn't cause discomfort. Your body's doing exactly what it needs to do at that time. Um, just so much of those simple things that we can share in just a couple of sound bites or even minutes. I just think it would make the whole experience so much better, especially for, for the people who love them that, that are at the bedside with them. I can't agree more because <laughs> I'm on the other side of that, yeah. which is working yeah. with the mental health and the guilt and shame that goes yes. along with not doing things correctly and then finding out later yes. that you had opportunities and you just didn't know to have, right. that you had those opportunities because you were wrapped up in your own feelings and your own thoughts. And it's stressful. It's so stressful. It is so stressful. Uh, and, you know, I think that, I think one of the things that I love best about being a doula is, is doing um, advanced care planning. And partly because we can do that so upstream. It doesn't have to wait until you have a terminal diagnosis or you're, you're elderly or anything like that. You can do it. In fact, I've, I've pretty much made all my family and friends around me do it little sisters, neighbors, dad, you know, cause it's like, let's do this now while we're, we're all together and functioning can, can share. And I know what you want, but doing that for a client, I think is just such a gift. You know, it empowers them at a time where they don't have sometimes a lot of ability to make their own decisions or even decide when they're going to eat or what their day looks like. So it empowers them. And I think it's also very, comforting for them to know that their wishes are going to be met, you know, that their, their wishes are going to be honored, that they've put in place a system and a support that their family will be cared for and well-loved. It's the biggest gift I think that you can give to your family and to your loved ones. It gives them the freedom then to, to focus a hundred percent on being present and sharing those final precious, precious moments with their loved ones, you know, they can focus on their love and they can focus on their grief without having to worry about the details. And then, like you said, that alleviates, I think, some of that, that guilt or some of that what if ism, you know, did, did I do what they wanted? Did I, did I do what was best for them? Did, you know, could I have done something differently? And so it's just, like I said, I just think it's such a gift to be able to take that away and just focus again on, on love. And I want to even put it out there that the, the advanced care planning piece, dare I say, it can even be fun to do oh, it. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's so much fun. And I love what one of your other guests said about when you have that conversation with the family and there's somebody who's like, I had no idea you'd say that. I always thought you wanted this. And so it does kind of open up those, those great conversations. My fiance and I have been talking about just having a family dinner with his adult kids and being like, okay, let's do this together. And you know, it's a tough topic to have. They're, they're adults and they're young and vibrant and healthy and they don't want to talk about death. That's depressing. They don't want to talk about dad's, you know, death in the future because that's sad. But they're great tools. You know, with five wishes online, you can fill it out. It's so simple. You can download a PDF. I love using the deck deck. Are you familiar with that card? Yes. It's just, it, you know, it adds questions and it's like, what would you choose? And so it's just a little bit more accessible. And it, like you said, it can make it more fun and enjoyable. And, and then you're also doing this great personal work that's not only going to bring your family together now by having that bonding experience together. Again, it gives you that freedom and that ability just to be fully present when that time comes and not have to have that what if worry or just not be prepared. I just think it's, it's a lovely opportunity. 
we do our best, especially as end-of-life doulas, to, to make sure those wishes are met and that the client has the best quality of life at their end of life. And that, you know, everyone talks about this good death and we'll work, you know, as hard as we can with the family to make sure that we are doing the very best job we can to provide that. But unfortunately, we can't always plan for that. You know, not everybody has the knowledge that they're at their end of their life or maybe not have that illness and start preparing for it. There are trauma, there's tragedy, there's accidents and terrible violence that happens. So, you know, you hate to think about it and you hate to even acknowledge that this could happen to somebody you loved. But again, being prepared is such a gift. And the more people who can do that, not only young and while they're young and healthy and sound, but update it often because your life's going to change. You're going to, I know for myself, since I've become a doula, I think I have trained, like changed my end of life choices probably 15 times because what I thought it, thought what I wanted has changed as I learn about more options. I mean, now I'm thinking, wow, natural burial. That's amazing. Maybe I want to have a home funeral. And there's not even, those aren't even things I even knew about or could think were even conceivable. So it's really important, you know, to not only do those, but review them often, update them often. And then most importantly, make sure somebody knows where they are and has access to them and has copies of them. Because that's, you know, otherwise you do all this great work and it's not there for you when you need it. Yes. Have a system for where you put the copies and who has them. I teach a a small advanced directives class here in Seattle, Washington to a local senior center and to the community. It's a community-based class. And we have this system of five, you give it to five people, but you write down in yours who has it and what day you gave it to them so you can get it back and change it out. I love that. That's a great idea to date it. Yeah. 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 And there's so many, um, like I had mentioned earlier, five wishes. I, I use that a lot with, with clients just because I think it's such a, you know, there's so much to think about, but it really does bring it down to just these five things, but gives you opportunity to be creative and make it your own. And then it's an easy PDF printout. So it's easy to change. And um, another organization that I've recently come into t- contact with is called Once I've Gone. And it's this beautiful like website, website page and storage where only can you have your advanced care, you know, direct as it also has a listing of, you know, your account numbers and passwords and where's the mortgage and what's the insurance. And you can even leave messages for your family. You can post videos, you can post videos that you want to leave for your loved ones. And then you have a few people that are basically your trusted contacts that have access to this. So, you know, technology is a pretty amazing thing at end of life. We've really got a lot of great tools to work with, especially during this crazy year of COVID and pandemic and people being isolated. Um, You know, there's just so many challenges of doing in-person end-of-life support right now. So, you know, I think that's been a a huge change for and challenge for so many doulas and even for so many, you know, hospice volunteers that we just can't do our normal on-site help. Um, You know, I think technology has saved us and so grateful for it because I I was really worried that by doing, you know, more phone or email or webinars and and tech support was all we had. And yeah, that's great. But I was really stressed that it wouldn't be nearly as impactful or helpful. Um, But we have so many great tools. And I found that, you know, we can still really build strong relationships and and build that trust virtually. Um, Sometimes even like just a quick text to say hello and how are you or 
Um, I like to share, you know, funny jokes or memes just for a smile. Um, even though it has been a challenge to change the way we're, we're doula-ing and, and serving people, um, I think that there's been a, a lot of beautiful ways that we can still work around that to make that impact and, and serve well. That's beautiful. I, I heard a few things in, in there about the hopes and a little bit on challenges right there with technology, yeah, yeah. Um, COVID impacting what we can do, but also the hopes of, because technology is helpful. Yeah. What would you say are the big challenges for end-of-life doulas at this time? You know, I think um, just because we do have to be a little bit more flexible, but I think one thing I've learned with working with all of the amazing end-of-life doulas I've had a chance to meet is that if anything, doulas are flexible. So we're, we're, we're flexible and we can definitely kind of morph into the services and needs of what the client wants. Um, especially working through NIDA, um, one of the, the questions and the frustrations that I hear most from our members is they don't know where to start or they've taken this amazing training and they're all pumped up, but now what? You know, do I... Do I start my own business? Do I form an LLC? Do I form a nonprofit? Do I work with a collective or on my own? And if so, how do I do that? Um, how do I make money at this? Can this be a feasible career choice for me? And I try to just be really transparent that, yes, some doulas have great experiences and are successful, and this actually is generating income for them. But I'm also very honest that that's not easy to do. Uh, you know, it takes a tremendous amount of resources and time, um, dedication, persistence, and just support from your family and friends to build any kind of business. But I think especially this one, because we are still trying to make people more aware of it. We are trying to get more integrated into that continuum care of at the life. So it's, it's a difficult road path. You know, I don't think you can take a, an online course or an amazing weekend course and come out of it learning so much and so pumped up and then be like, okay, quit my day job. This is what I'm going to do now. So that's a challenge. You know, how do I get this start a business? Um, and there's so many beautiful trainings out there that really walk through that of, of building a, you know, a, um, a business or a nonprofit or a collective. And I've really found that doulas are so generous with sharing their learnings. And I think that's the best thing about being part of um, a membership like Nita is you have this group of like 800 plus people who are doing this work too all over and we can learn from each other and really generate that, that community care together. I love that. People don't know that end of life doulas exist and to even look for them. We have to educate everybody mm -hmm. and that's a business. That is yes. being an entrepreneur. It's not an easy feat, but yeah. it's worthwhile. <laughs> it's worthwhile. I think it's rewarding. I think it's so desperately needed and it's possible. It absolutely. But, you know, I think that if the longer I'm in end of life work and working with hospice and working with Nita, my thoughts have changed a lot. You know, when I first trained, that's what I wanted to do. I thought this is fantastic. This is where my career is going to be. I want to have my own end of life doula business and it's going to be great. And I have all these names picked out. And I have a business plan. But the more I've gotten into it, for me, I've personally decided that's not where I want to go. I, I really enjoy, like I said, working within a hospice and working with Nita to help 
advocate and lobby for this work, um, make people even aware of it. I, I think that's the important work that's happening. Um, and I do, I, I do take one, one personal client at a time, but I don't do it for any kind of monetary compensation. Um, I do it because it's, it feels good to do it. I enjoy doing it. I've learned that, you know, death is different for everybody. Grief is death different for everybody. Um, learned tricks and, and tools of the trade that I wouldn't have if I didn't actually have that in-field and in-person experience. Um, and then just to be a better support to other end-of-life doulas, I want to stay up on, on my experience and continue learning and training and, you know, providing that support. So I've changed a lot. I think it's, I think it's an interesting journey for anybody who gets into this work and it's, it's all for the right reasons, you know, whether it's for compensation or as a community death worker or working along an existing organization, it's, it's all about, again, trying to support people at the end of life and, and to share that opportunity and hope that that end of life can be peaceful and beautiful and not scary and sad. It's almost as if everyone is learning and we're learning together and learning as we go. And yeah building this thing that is end of life, that is a field that is mm -hmm. going to be known and everyone is educating together and spreading this knowledge and, and building the knowledge, right? All these training courses, yeah. like you said, yeah. and we're going to get to that in a moment that uh, Nita has a lovely resource page. They put all, they did all the work so we don't have to. <laughs> Gold stars for Nita. Uh, and our final question is, oh. what are your hopes for the field? For the field, like I said earlier, I, I just really want it to be natural and normal that an end-of-life doula is invited to be part of care at end-of-life, that it's looked at as credible and important and helpful and impactful, that it's not unusual, that people aren't saying, what's a doula? Um, it's, oh gosh, I worked with an amazing doula, let me read her, or this doula, you know, he helped me so much with my advanced care plans. Everyone should have access to him. I, I want us to be right there next to the medical providers, the social workers, the, the hospice volunteers, the assisted living facilities, the family caregivers, that we're all doing this together. That's my biggest goal, my biggest dream, is that it's just part of it, that it isn't this weird thing that only new agey people do and think about it's you know it's that it's available to everybody and it's just part of that care and it just becomes natural to have an end-of-life doula in your life yeah somebody is dying who's who's calling who's yeah. googling and emailing that and i don't want to say calling because it's yeah. 2021 and we don't do that who's texting the end-of-life right <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Who's going to DM the end of life doula? <laughs> yes. Who's zooming the doula today? So yeah, we're going to zoom the doula <laughs> and that's what's happening and not even mm -hmm. bad an eye. I think that's, you're in good company with the 30 end of yeah. life doulas uh, that are on here. Give it to us. Uh, tell us everything that you can uh, about Nita. So Nita is the national end of life doula alliance and it started in 2008, so we're, we're a relatively new nonprofit, but uh, the, the strength in numbers is awesome. Even just in the past year, we have doubled in our membership, and I don't know if that's just because you know more people are talking about it, or maybe it was because 
COVID happened and people needed more support. Maybe we had you know people in isolation who needed that assistance, but we are having just increase in, in numbers of, of members. So we're at over 800 members now, and we're really driven by what our members need and want. So um, we provide support and resources for all doulas, regardless if they've trained or where they've trained. Um, I found that so many people come to this work because they have a, a personal story or a personal experience around death, or they've been a hospice nurse for years and they don't necessarily need doing, but they want to be a doula and they want to be part of it, or they want to learn more about it or want to connect with doulas, which is just lovely. Um, so we're not a training organization, but rather, like you said, we offer resources, um, resources on our website that are not only just for end of life doulas, to offer you know, care tips and resources and education for the community in general. So just offering opportunities for you know, additional education, sharing news and tips about end-of-life care. I am getting probably, I would say 15 to 20 emails a day from people who either want to be a doula and want to know where to start, or they want to hire an end-of-life doula. And we have a great directory of our memberships, and we're seeing a lot more referrals coming in through that. People are actually starting to search for doulas, and it's wonderful that we have a, you know, a directory of not only every state, but also we're in 11 countries. And so it really isn't just national anymore. It's something we're able to support globally. And one of my favorite things about doula and um, being a doula and also with NIDA that NIDA offers is that, you know, right now there's, there's not any regulations or licensing or nationally acknowledged accreditations for end-of-life doulas. But we do offer um, a micro-credential that's basically a proficiency assessment. And it's, um, like I said, just mentioned, it goes through what are the skills and the knowledge and understanding of what the scope of practice is for a doula, um, you know, that they abide by the code of ethics that we have. And it was comprised by end-of-life doula trainers, you know, working doulas, even um, hospice nurse Barbara Carnes, who's just a wonderful educator about end-of-life. You know, they compiled this assessment to make sure it is, you know, true and comprehensive look at end-of-life doula abilities. So even though there's not this national accreditation, you can take this assessment and pass it, and we give you a, a virtual assessment, or I'm sorry, a virtual proficiency badge that you can then share on your marketing or your website or your Instagram and your Facebooks that lets the community know that, yes, I do have this level of credibility and I am trained, I am knowledgeable, I can help you with this. And another thing about NIDA that I'm really excited to share is that we are planning our first ever um, conference. And we had really hoped to be able to do an in-person conference, but just for out of safety and extreme caution, um, we are gonna be hosting that first online virtual event, October 15th and 17th. Um, and we're calling it Doula Palooza, which I think is fun and uh, just a great opportunity again for this networking and sharing and learning together. And we're going to have some amazing speakers and a lot of ability for interaction and engagement. So it's not just sitting and looking at a group, you know, a Zoom screen for three hours. It'll be very interactive. And we've got information on that and registration will be upcoming on our NIDA website. 
Very cool. I'm going to make sure that that link is below because one, I want to be at the conference because it sounds amazing and fun. We have some, you know, surprises and some fun things happening too. So it will be fun. Exciting. Exciting. So thank you, Angela. I really enjoy talking with you and just appreciate the chance so much to, to keep talking about death and to keep talking about end of life awareness and letting people know, you know, uh, these secret agents, these doulas, you know, these mm-hmm. tour guides, we're here. Secret agents and tour guides. That's going to be the tagline on your episode. So people are like, what <laughs> is Angela talking about? I love it. I love They're it. Gonna dive in. <laughs> They're going to click on that. I think that's, yeah, we, we caught them. That's the hook. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. It was a pleasure speaking with you. There's so much exciting stuff going on over at NIDA. Everyone should go check that out. All of the information will be in the show notes. Uh, And then it's nedalliance.org is the website. And then all of that again in the show notes. So you can find and follow Angela there. And thank you so much for listening. And if you're enjoying this series, then go ahead and hop on over to Instagram or TikTok. Follow us there. That helps us get to know you and see what more we can do to help you in this journey. Thank you. And we'll see you in the next episode.